Well, good morning and welcome again to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee, and today I'm joined with Pastor CR and Pastor Jason, and we are excited to continue in our One Another series. But before we get to that, I want to direct you to the screens. We have a QR code. Uh, with this QR code, you can get to our weekly bulletin as well as well as other links that can help you connect to Press Church. Through that link, you can sign up to be in a life group. You can give. I actually do want to focus on giving today. If you, are, if you call Press Church home, I want to encourage you uh, to be generous today. Uh, it's only through your support that we're able to do what we do here, and we appreciate the generosity that we see all the time. You guys are such a generous group. Uh, we want to thank you for that. Uh, there's a, a box by the back exit that you can uh, drop checks and money into. There's also a text to give number that you can use uh, to give here at Press Church. Uh, the other thing I want to say, and I already mentioned it, tonight is youth. So make sure youth get here uh, 6 o'clock, 6 to 8. It's going to be a great time. Uh, and then remember, after service today, we have our grilling with the pastor. I guess you said pastor, not pastors, I guess. Grilling with the pastor. Well, you were the one in the picture. I did want to, yeah, you, you made. You're, you're the grilling dude. So funny story, if you saw that picture, we were in a meeting together, and CR gets his phone out, and he's like, hey, smile. And I'm like, what? And so I smile, he takes it, and then five minutes later, he's got this picture of me grilling. So um, that's, yeah. It's amazing. The things you can do, right? CR is magic. But uh, no, so right after service, we're going to be grilling up some, some burgers and some dogs and have all sorts wait, of food. Wait, wait. I thought we were grilling you. Oh. Like questions. Sure. If you want to, you get one question. You can come wow. to the grill while I'm, while I'm totally cooking. changes the plans now. You get one, uh, you get one question. How about that? <laughs> one question. Uh, no, we're excited. It's going to be a great time. I encourage you to stick around, even if you can only stay for a little bit. Um, this is a great time. We said this before. We're in a, you know, one another series. We're talking about community and being together. Um, and it's so important that we um, prioritize things like this, to grow in our community, to grow in our friendships. And so make sure to come later uh, after service. Stick around. Um, before we get going, though, and he didn't think I was going to do this, it was Pastor Jason's birthday yesterday. So can we all say a big happy birthday to, to Pastor Jason? <laughs> I intentionally, like, didn't say anything at the pre-service mm -hmm. stuff. Just to, just to highlight you, Jason. Oh, we yeah. love you so much. I what are you? Highlights. I said you're what, 39 today? Yeah, you're a little older than me, right? Yeah, I'm a little older than yeah, you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so happy birthday. I won't make us all sing to you. That's good. Just, you know, I'm, for, I'm for time's sake, you know, to keep That's, the service, yeah. to keep the <laughs> service flowing. <laughs> well, over the last month, we have spent um, time looking at what it means to live in community with one another. Um, and really with how the Bible encourages us um, to live that way. We went through, we started off the series about how to love, loving through being a servant. Um, then Jason talked about what it looks like to be devoted to one another. Uh, we talked about forgiveness. Uh, and then last week we talked about building up and encouraging each other. Um, and we were actually going to stop, the original plan was to stop the service or the series last week. Um, but as we were talking through this, we felt like... Uh, this next month will be a great time to continue the series, but also talk about press stories. Um, we've been talking, I don't know if you guys have noticed, if you get the, the weekly emails, we've been asking for stories um, about how press has blessed you, how press has helped you grow in your faith, has encouraged you, has built, helped you build connection. Um, and so what we're going to be doing this whole next month is we're going to be sharing 
the stories within our church of how this church has, has blessed and helped encourage and grow um, and, and staying in this mindset of one another, this, this community mindset. Um, and as we move into this, we thought it would be great for us to share our stories and how press has impacted us as pastors. I think a lot of times uh, it's, it's easy for, for you guys to think of how the church has impacted you, but really it has uh, heavily impacted us as people and who we are and even our spiritual growth. And so uh, today, the first press stories that you get to hear are from us. Uh, you're going to get to hear a little bit of, of our stories. Um, and I know for me, I was going to kind of start off the, the, the section. Um, I can honestly say like the last four years of my life have been probably the hardest years of my life. Um, in 2019, August of 2019, we had our very first uh, press church introductory meeting. Sure. Uh, how did we, what did we even call it? It was like an interest meeting yes. of, hey, we're going to be starting this church, come out, hear what we're doing. And literally from like that point, uh, we've just been like, well, even before that point, but it has just kind of been a whirlwind uh, launching a church. Um, I, I don't know uh, about you, but um, I never thought I'd be in a seat like this. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of you out there like, yeah, I never thought I'd be a pastor and I'm not going to be. I never thought I would be sitting in this seat. And so these, these last four years have been really crazy for me. Um, and really, to, the, the word that, that always stood out, and I've shared this before, is, is just obedience. Um, when I started this, I said it was an experiment in obedience where I really felt God was calling me to this. I felt like he was putting this on my heart. And there was a lot of naivety to it. There was a lot of uh, just, I didn't know exactly what I was doing, but I felt like this is what I had to do. Um, and it's been really cool to see how God has uh, just used me, has worked through me, has, you know, tightened our relationship, has seen people come to know Christ, baptisms, all sorts of amazing things um, through that step of obedience. And I can say it didn't always make sense, um, but I always wanted to be o obedient. Um, starting a brand new church with, without a sending church, without a bunch of financial backing uh, or, you know, other large investments is a huge undertaking. It's unheard of. Generally. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it it's crazy. I mean, to say this is a grassroots thing, it was like, yeah. it's an understatement. Um, and then on top of that, throw in COVID, throw in a, a, an election year, Merger. political, two mergers. You know, two mergers, political, racial tensions. I mean, it, it was like everything just stacking up against us. And it was kind of incredible just to see how God blesses obedience. Um, and so that's really like when I think about kind of my transition into the space of being a pastor, of leading a church, um, it started with a, 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 just a place of being obedient to God. Um, and I think when I go past that is when I get to the point of saying, like, how am I growing in this? Like, what, what, what does it look like for me to grow in this obedience? Not just, like, doing the, the thing. Like, going through the motions of, of planning a church, but how am I still growing in my faith? And I'll say this. Um, the vision statement here at the church is what I, I really fall back on. If you guys don't know, 
our, our vision statement, or part of our vision statement is this, is helping people embrace their identity in Christ. If you've been around, you've heard us say this, helping people embrace their identity in Christ. And we talk about making a difference by helping people embrace their identity in Christ. But this statement is what I had to hold on to. Because in those places of being obedient, I was still scared. I was still uh, anxious. I was still, like, I, I still had all of these feelings. I still had tensions. Oh, okay, we've got this merger with this church. We've got COVID. We've got political stuff. I had never done that before. And now okay. I'm getting thrown. No one else well, right. But, but you know what I'm saying? It's like that almost didn't matter. It didn't, yeah. Like every pastor, it's so funny. Every pastor I talk to, they're like, oh man, these last three years have been the hardest in ministry. And I'm like, that's all you've known. That's all I know, man, <laughs> as far as being a lead pastor. And it's really incredible to, to see how God moves. But I'll say this the embracing your identity in Christ is what helped me go through. Because the obedience was the foundation. I was going to be obedient to what I felt God doing. But from there, that didn't take away the pains and the hurts and the struggles and the hurdles that I had to go through to even get to the point that we're at here. And so to me, the embracing your identity is very personal to me because I had to embrace who I was in Christ and not in what I was seeing or experiencing. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't find my value or my worth in what I was building. Because it was so hard. I mean, it was, it, was a, it was slow and steady. It was hard. There was people who hurt me in the process. There was things that happened that I could have easily said, peace, I'm done. But I continue to say, no, I'm going to find, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to who I am in Christ and remember who he says that I am, and I'm going to be obedient. Mm. And I think that's the one thing for me is when I think about the identity in Christ, it's it trumps the doubters. It trumps the, the, the people who are, who are saying bad things about you. It trumps the setbacks. It doesn't make yeah. their, them easy. I don't know if, it, it, you know, if we really examine that, how significant is that a statement that we hold to here is that you embrace or, and we help others embrace our identity in Christ, that we and others embrace our identity in Christ. Because culturally right now, there's such a war <laughs> going on yeah, yeah, yeah. with this concept of identity, and it's all uh, based in external factors. It's uh, how you feel, how someone else feels, how the world around you defines whatever it is. And the primary thing, and, and the church falls into this trap as well. This right, is like right, extremely right. important to understand that nothing should, uh, should define our identity other than Christ. Mm. That is it. And that's what we're all about. And that's going to look different and hard and complicated, but it all comes down to Christ. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's at the center. So yeah. anyway, I no, just, no, no. I feel like mm -hmm. you holding to that as a foundation mm -hmm. with all the things that you struggled with, because when you go into life, you're going to struggle with a lot of stuff when you're dealing with right. life. And so if you don't have that primary thing to hold on to, that yeah. nothing else defines your identity right. other than Christ. Right. So. Well, yeah, and I think that was important to one struggle that I've told people is the me not defining myself through the church. I mean, so many churches, if you guys know a church, you identify them with a lead pastor. Oh, that's so-and-so's mm -hmm. church. And now their identity is tied to 
right. what they do. Or you speak well, or you're successful, or this yes. has happened, and that's Correct. happened, and so that is who you are. Correct. And that is not who you are. Correct. <laughs> I, I specifically remember, and there's some people, so this, this, this building, this church, was Gateway Community Church, and we still have a large majority of the people who were at Gateway Community Church who stuck around through the merge. Um, and I specifically remember we had a, 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 one, a one church service together before we merged, before we decided that we had both press and gateway community, we, we did a service together. And I specifically remember the lead up to that and feeling so, it, it felt like an audition. <laughs> it was like, Sean, you better not screw this up because you're, you're <laughs> presenting press. To this. Like, if you don't do this right, the merge isn't gonna happen. We're not gonna figure a way. Like, I, I felt like an audition. And, and, and I had to work through that, that, that my execution of being a pastor is not what defines me. And I think there's so many of us here today that we define our worth by what we do. You define your worth by your job, or if you have a job, by who your spouse is, by who you're in a relationship with. Like, we, we take on these identities from these external things. And, and that's the thing for me and my story here through press is, is that I've got a great group of people who have allowed me to grow in my identity in Christ, to, to, to remember, hey, it's not how good you spoke that week, it's not how good you led or how, how well you casted that vision or whatever else. Like, I have an identity through Christ, and he's given me skills that he wants me to use um, and, you know, within the church, but those do not define me. And the success or the failure that I go through does not define me. And so that's for me, for my story and the quick little yeah. the snapshot of what I can share today. And really an encouragement to you guys is like wherever you are, like what you do doesn't define you. You are defined first by Christ and who he says that you are. Yeah, I mean, I can, kind of picking up on that because for me, the, the whole process of, of launching press, you know, I mean, I planted a <laughs> church 18 years ago. Right. Um, and, and so I've been through a lot of what you're talking about. And so to be part of a, the, a, another imposter syndromes. Of, yeah, imposter yeah. syndromes. Yeah. I mean, just, just to put some things in perspective, uh, we really put, we grilled you. We, we put you into the fire because the very first sermon that Sean ever preached. I called him at 10 p.m. Saturday night and said, hey, Sean, my daughter just went into labor. Tag, you get to preach tomorrow. <laughs> so he had about 12 hours preparation uh, for his first ever uh, message, which I don't even know what he did because I was busy with the grandbaby. You sent me your notes and said good luck. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah. So see, I'm glad I could serve you in that way and help you. But that's, that, and for me though, this whole process in, in, in a similar but slightly different, it still builds on this idea of finding your identity in Christ. Yet for me, this process was really a discovery of my, my why. Like why I exist, why God created me, why God has given me what he's given me and not given me what he, he hasn't given me. Um, because, you know, as I, as I look around, I realize, you know, what are my gifts? What are the, the talents that God has given me? What, what are the passions that I have? What's my, what's my heart? You know, what, what do I really want to see happen? And, and the idea of what, what gets me out of bed in the morning, right? What, what gets me excited to, to wake up? And um, I, it's interesting because over the last five years or so, um, you know, I've gotten to the point where I understand that really what drives me is, is helping other people achieve their God-given dream. And, and that means me as the lead guy running everything 
was living outside of the way I was wired and my gifts and, and what God was calling me to do. And, and so to have, you know, Sean and CR, who I knew Sean, or CR from a long time ago, and Sean I had met, but, you know, we really hadn't got to know each other, come in and for me to be able to come alongside them, I didn't know it at the time, but it was actually moving me into a place where I could really operate where God had called me to be anyway. And, and so it, was, it actually helped me discover that. And, and every time I think about just that whole process, and, and trust me, it was not simple, it was not easy. <laughs> um, and, and, and there's something about, you know, I, I literally had been preaching weekly for 20 years, and then to hand the baton to this young kid who'd never preached. Like, I mean, that, that's a for, a, for a guy in the ministry, that was a thing, and, and yet, the joy of it, honestly, the joy of it is to see, you know, all the things you just talked about, space to become, you know, and to, to lean into your gifts and all that. It's been fun, actually, to watch and to see the, the, the growth and, and, and all those things. But I, I always went back and I thought about this, that, you know, the story in, in Mark chapter 5 where uh, Jesus is is in the boat, you know, he comes over and there's this, this cemetery and there's this guy who's possessed with demons and he comes running Wait, out. I remind you of a story about a guy possessed well, with I'm demons. Well, I'm not done yet. Wait okay. A the guy was naked and out of control. Okay, now. <laughs> no, it's not you. Um, but, but the story where this is all happening and Jesus comes in, and of course, Jesus casts out the demons. And, and it's so interesting. If you, you can dive into the, the, maybe someday I'll do a sermon on it. But, but you dive into the story there and you, you see this guy is chained, but he's out of control. Right? He's filled with demons, but he's all alone. Right? It, this, this, there's so many just paradoxes in, in this man and conflicts. And Jesus heals him. And then you know, they're all excited, and all these people come, and they're excited. And this guy, it, I skip over this so often when, when I'm reading Scripture, but this guy, he tries to get in the boat with Jesus to go with him. And Jesus tells him no. And for me, that, that's, that's the part where I identify because there's a point where Jesus was telling me no to this way because he said yes to a different way. And the different way was actually what God had called me to do. And, and so, you know, he tells the guy no and he says, you know, the words he used, he says, go back, tell your family and your friends what God has done for you. And so the guy listens, and he goes and he does that. And then it says, you know, you read a couple chapters, Jesus goes back to the other side of the lake, and then he comes back over a few chapters later, and, and this is where we see literally thousands of people from that area coming. It says that he fed the 4,000 at that point. Well, right before he healed the guy, on the other side of the lake, he had healed the 5,000, which in, you know, in, in Jewish thinking and so forth, 5,000 would represent a Jewish crowd because it's a complete, it's whole, it's all this stuff. 4,000 would represent a primarily Gentile crowd, a non-Jewish crowd. So this guy had started the process of introducing people to Jesus so that when he came back, literally thousands of people showed up to hear who he was because this guy accepted a no from Jesus to embrace a yes. And, and for me, like, as I've just thought through, and, and I wish I was, you know, obedient as that guy, you know, right? On, oh, yeah, okay, go, boom. No, it took me a little while, and, and there was a lot of stops and starts. There was a lot of yelling at Jesus saying, why are you telling me no? Because, uh, come on, I'm supposed to be doing this. But in the context of this community, right, it's been so powerful to, to allow God to then work through me in ways that I wouldn't have thought of before. But it takes a community of people 
really, for, for that to happen. And so for me, press has been a place where I have been able to figure out even more about what God is calling me to do so that I can, like you said, an experiment in obedience, right? But an obedience in a new way. Right. Yeah. Well, and I want to say, too, like, it doesn't dismiss the season before because I know if right. it wasn't for those 20 years that you had before, the conversations that we would have would right. be vastly different. The, mm -hmm. the insight, the wisdom that you offer would be very different. Yeah. And so, you know, I feel like it's almost like, a, you know, that process of, yes, that was right at that time, and that yeah. was obedience at that time, but then at the right time, you were mm -hmm. obedient as well and moved into something that was different, but it was only because of the yes that you had before that made right. this yes that much more special and right. that much more powerful, Yeah. Um, which I think, you know, we're, you know, very thankful for your wisdom in that area, and even if it does come with some bad dad jokes, and well, we say bad grandpa jokes now because he's that's a grandpa. Right. So, so even if it comes with some some well, that's the thing things. about wisdom, though. It's like it's yeah. developed through making a lot of mistakes. Yeah, right? and this I is the made thing. A lot of them, right? It, uh, we yeah, all I have, tried right? that before. Don't yeah. do it. Yes, yes, cool. Good Again, they don't define us, right? But, yeah. it, but it is amazing how God uses these wild experiences, and a lot of times when we make, you know bad mistakes, uh, he uses them for his glory and, and, and brings things around. And so uh, when we were talking about, okay, well, this is us sharing our stories about press and what it means to us, I'm like, well, that's a really long story because it starts for me all <laughs> the way back got? like when Four I was a kid. Four score and 20 yeah. <laughs> But the, I'll try to make it really quick, and, and there's going to be holes in this story. But uh, I grew up in a Christian household, but it was uh, – it was religious in nature and kind of not healthy. Uh, and when I mean kind of, I mean definitely. But uh, the, the funny thing is, is like my family didn't go to church. Like they didn't believe in going to church. They felt like church was some sort of uh, thing that was going to suck your soul. And uh, in some cases it can, and we'll get to that story. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, the thing is, is like I kind of, um, so I had a friend who invited me to youth group. It's like we celebrated the youth. Uh, youth leaders today, how powerful and important the youth group uh, actually is and youth leadership. So I was invited to this church youth thing when I was a teenager and a uh, young teenager, and it blew my mind. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. And so I had to go back and I uh, sought that out myself. We, my family actually moved. And so I went to another, um, we were in another town and I sought out a youth group uh, and a, and a Christian experience like that, a church, on my own because I was so turned on to this whole thing. And so uh, the church became a really important thing for me because it, it kind of like became like a healthier family in a lot of ways for me. And so by the time I graduated high school, I, so I was doing music all through school. If you know anything about me, I, I've done music pretty much my whole life. And I was doing music production actually in high school and I was actually touring when I was in high school. Um, there's more to that story, too. But when I got out of high school, it was like, there's two paths. Either I'm going to go and be a, a professional musician or I'm going to be a pastor. I felt like, like maybe I should do this pastor thing. So I started down the pastor track. And uh, this, is, this is great. Yeah, it, it, it took me like, I don't know, seven months. I was in my studies. I was doing this thing uh, kind of or before the SEU thing. It was actually part of the Assemblies of God. But uh, and, and I... Um, 
I had to do hospital visitations one day <laughs> as part of my training. And if you know anything about me, I'm not that kind of person. If you're in the hospital, CR, CR will not visit you. Just just know that. Don't get mad. I have just a thing know. about hospitals and blood and all that kind of stuff. So very institutional, whatever. So we do this hospital visitation thing, and, and I kind of freak out. And I, I'm like, I can't do this. I cannot do the pastor thing. So I quit. I, and I'm not a quitter. If you know anything about me, that's not my nature. But I quit this thing, and I was done with the pastor track. And so I went to the I went the professional musician route, and um, I, I I became a professional musician. I played and toured, and ended up becoming a producer, and did a lot of that through my 20s. And I developed a, a production company that became seven different locations nationwide, and and uh, had I used to do. Uh, music for TV shows on VH1 and MTV and all that kind of stuff and other Viacom uh, <laughs> networks. So uh, that became my thing in my 20s. And uh, I always kind of felt this call back into a church space. And I in there, pepper in, there were times where I was off the road. And actually, uh, I worked at a church with Jason for like, I don't know. A couple years. Yeah, it was like uh, a short period on and off when I wasn't on the road. But I kind of like felt this thing that I... I need to be doing something within the <laughs> like vocational ministry or something. And so, uh, so I, I get married, I start a family. Jason moves down here. He plans a church. I kind of keep in touch with him. Uh, but I don't feel like I, I'm actually kind of burnt out on church culture at that point because I had worked in the Christian music industry a lot of times, even though I did other stuff too. And it just became, you know, kind of a caricature of itself. And so I was kind of like done with that scene, but I always felt this draw to church and I had my fam my young children and, and, uh, and so uh, actually, oddly enough, Sean, who was 19 years old at the time, came to work for me when I had my production company at my, uh, one of my locations here in Columbus. And uh, he was this, you know, bright-eyed <laughs> young kid who was very, uh, Christian, <laughs> like very all of that, right? And that, he's like that's so coming so from on. that's coming from jaded, dark, burnout yeah. CR, by the way. So and and, uh, and you know, I'm working with these bands, and it, you know I was working with a lot of different stuff, and uh, Sean would always come in peppy and all about you know he's he's doing his leading worship somewhere, and he's just so excited about what's going. I just be like, that's cute. I'll just wait, man. That's cute. You're gonna get burnout, and, you know. Anyway, but we're still beating it out of him. I don't know. It's still there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's funny because Sean actually had an influence on me, even with his, uh, you know, his naive sort of overzealous thing. It was like, well, eh, I remember when I used to be like that. I used to be excited about that kind of stuff. And uh, so with my young family and, and stuff, we were uh, trying to figure out where to go. And, and uh, to a church, and, and I ended up getting involved with this church, and one thing led to another. I felt like I should go back to seminary. I got my master's degree, and I became a, and this church came to me. They asked me to come on board with them. They were growing into a multi-site organization, and it was, it was this whole thing, and uh, um, so I kind of felt like God was calling me to do this full-time pastor thing, and I kind of brought my, when I say kind of, I did bring my whole production company in for a landing like I I 
uh, came on board with this church. I got my seminary degree. I became a staff pastor, and I quit doing music production. And, um, and I did that for the better part of a decade, and the first five years were great, but the uh, last few years were not great. <laughs> so when you say the last four years have been challenging, I would say like the last seven years have been pretty rough in, in different ways. But that, it, it's so weird because, you know, I felt God calling me into this experience, and I did it, and it was good for a period of time, and then it just became a really, really hard thing. Um, uh, it, I can't go into the details on any of that kind of stuff, but it was, it was very challenging, very hurtful. There were a lot of uh, damaging things that happened as a result of, of being there, and it was hard on my family. And, uh, and so... I got to a point where something happened in that organization, and I felt it was time for me to go, and I thought I was done. I was done. I'm like, this church thing, I'm over. This pastor thing, it's not happening anymore. You gave it a shot. I gave it a shot. That's good. We're not doing this anymore. <laughs> and um, then uh, within six months after that, uh, Sean comes to me, and he's like, man, I feel like God's calling me to plant this church. I, I don't know what's going on. And but I can't imagine doing it without you. And uh, I, there's more to this because I'm like, I, I, at this point, I'm in my er, earlier 40s, and I'm like, or early to mid-40s, and I'm like, all right, well, uh, I've done this pastor thing. This is really all I can do. Like, I don't have my music production thing anymore. So I was trying to figure out, well, how do I get back on staff at a church, even though I'm kind of burnt out on church? And uh, Sean comes to me and he's like telling me, I want to plant this church, but I feel like you're the guy to do this with me. And I had been interviewing for a job out in Colorado at the time. And I was down to the final thing. And I said, it's Sean, that's awesome. But I'm headed out of town. We're, we were putting the house up for sale. We we're ready to go. And, uh, and then lo and behold, that did not happen. And uh, me and my wife talked about it. And she's like, well, I think you should talk to Sean and see what's going on with this. So we did. And I knew that if Sean did this plant, it was going to mean nothing. This was not really going to be an, an, a real income source or anything like that. It was like, okay, well, we're here. I might as well just. He's so help positive. Sean. This is going to be great. It's going <laughs> to fail. We'll never have any money. I, I mean, yeah. there's worse <laughs> options on the table. I could go to jail. You know, like I mean, there are options. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, trying to make this story shorter, basically. What it comes down to is uh, uh, we said yes, and we involved our family in this. But it, but it had been it was very challenging and a very hard time. And my kids had been in and out. Of, we didn't stop going to church like we visited other. We went to other churches for periods of time and committed ourselves to the community while we were there. And I think that is really significant. Like even through all the hurts of the church experience that we had been through, like we felt it was important to have our family in community. And um, I'll circle back around to that. But, I mean, when this situation opened up, it was a real, like, okay, you have to step in on this thing, and you're going to have to move past some, some real challenges. And, um, and like Sean said, it was a wild ride. And we knew we were going to do this, and we weren't going to have a sending church. We weren't going to have any money. There was just going to be nothing out of nowhere. And so I called up Jason, who I knew was in a place at the time where, like, uh, maybe it's mm -hmm. time to come on board with something like this and let's see what we can do together. And that's kind of how this yeah. press church thing came together. But the point of all of that is this. It, it, it's, it, it, this has been a great experience being a part of a community 
that has allowed for healing and growth and Sean being the leader, <laughs> the uh, positive guy that he is, <laughs> uh, has been really uh, uh, valuable to me and my family's life as, as we've kind of uh, worked through a lot of this stuff. But um, you might think like, well, you're a pastor guy and you went to seminary and you tell us this stuff, you know, when you're on stage about, you know, what it means to follow Jesus. It has been a struggle. It has been a challenge. There's been a lot of really hard things. There's been some stuff that people would not want to face in their life that I, I've gone through in the last few years. But it has come together in so many ways, and God has shown himself to be uh, guiding and loving us and powerful in this whole process. And so the thing that I would say is this. It's become common for people to go like, well, I'm like, you know, I feel like I need to, uh, the church has kind of been a thing, but I don't think I'm into it anymore. It doesn't speak my language. It's it's not really, uh, I don't resonate with a lot of the people, and there's, you know, other things. I want to just not do it for a while, or I'm, I'm giving up on church. Then I, I really want to challenge people and say, hey, a lot of that is true. Like, <laughs> you know what? Uh, uh, John, the old pastor here, used to say, uh, we're, it's fallen people in a fallen world. That's, that's who we are, right? We're, we're broken people. We need Christ. And, and, a, and a group of people coming together you're going to get brokenness, right? You're going to get people, and we're still going to hurt each other. And that's what this series is all about. It's like working past that, um, trying to uh, lift each other up and work through those hurts and pains and be together as a community and support each other. But that's the biggest part of my press story is this is a place to come and heal. This is a place to come together and to allow God to work in your life. And so I would greatly challenge anybody who is going yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can do the church thing. I don't know if I can do it anymore. To go, give God a chance. Let, let him uh, define your identity. The world doesn't define your identity. What you make, if you've been divorced, if you've been, uh, you know, whatever you've done in your life, whatever the situation is, you've lost your job, you don't feel like you fit in the community, you don't have the status, whatever, and that's, that's a real challenge in this community for sure. Like, those things don't define you. God is who defines you. And us as a community, we're trying to remind each other of that all the time. That's what this is all about. So whatever you've been through and all the things you're struggling with, we're here for each other. That's, that's the point of this. So, uh, and, and if it's not press, and maybe you're not in a place where you can necessarily attend uh, press, then find a place, find a community to be in. Because I can tell you from my personal experience, being in a community of believers has been one of the most impactful things in my life. And, and it's been amazing to see what press has done for me and my family as a result. And uh, so that leads me to, there's one scripture I wanted to bring up. It's Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And this first, it starts about how we're to, to love each other and lift each other up. But then don't forsake getting together. So I'll read this. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, not giving up on meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So if there's anything that I can, you know, uh, encourage you guys on in all of this, it is be in community, stay in community. If you're here, like, step in. It's, it, and, and if you get hurt, uh, it, it, which may happen, and, and, uh, it, it, just remember, 
God is with you, and it's part of the story, and God's going to use it, but we've got to trust him. We've got to have faith in him that he loves us, he's caring for us, and he's walking us through all this stuff. So, Yes. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, I was actually really excited about today because I think as it it much as this isn't like a typical Sunday message, uh, I know for us, one thing that we value here is authenticity. Um, it's in our values. Um, and we try to be very real with you guys. We love Jesus. We want to put him as the focus, but we're also human. Uh, and we're not perfect. And we're dealing with things. And we have emotions and hurts and pains and scars and all those other things. Um, and so I hope that, you know, you getting to hear a little bit of our story through press can help encourage you and your faith, encourage you and your interactions with us. Um, and really at the end of the day, you know, we're in this one another series. I want to, we, we, we've said it probably all month and continue, we'll continue to talk about it, but community is important. Um, and so if you aren't somebody, maybe you're somebody who's watching online and you've never joined us in person, come to church next Sunday. Um, <laughs> drive over now. We're having a cookout in like 15 minutes, like <laughs> free lunch. There you go. Get off the couch. Come join us. But like get into community. We have life groups that are starting back up. We have some that continue throughout summer. But if you're not in a life group, get in a life group. Um, that link that, that we shared earlier, we have links outside, QR codes. You can get to it. You can sign up, say, hey, I want to be in a life group. If you're a life group leader while we're doing the cookout, if you talk to somebody, meet somebody, ask them if they want to join your life group. Like get in community. Yes, it can be awkward at first. Yes, it can be weird at first. But as CR said and as all of us have said, like it is important. It's important for the growth of our church. It's important for your own spiritual growth. Um, and it's just a reflection of what God wants to see. He wants us to see us in community, talking about being unified uh, with one another. And so uh, I'm excited for this next month. Each week, like I said, we're going to have a family that we bring up each week, and it's going to share a little bit of their story and how press has encouraged them. And I hope that this series uh, is an encouragement to you all to, one, to see the importance of community, to see the importance of this church, that this isn't just like, some, hey, I'm going to go try to do something. Like, I believe in this. Like, I put my family at risk by doing this. <laughs> like, uh, we all, I mean, all of us have taken huge risks doing this because we believe in the purpose of this church. And we, we want to see it grow. We want to see people grow in their faith. Um, and it starts with each of you. It starts with each of you stepping in. Um, and so I just pray that, that over this next month, today even, that we sense the need for each other, for community, um, and, and just the love for this church. So I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. Dylan, you can come up, and uh, I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. God, I thank you for this time, and I thank you for um, each story that is represented here, God. Um, I know that there's, there's just so many stories of how you have impacted and moved in people's lives and God I, I thank you for every single one I thank you for CR and Jason and their willingness to share I thank you for what you've done through us even in our limitations and in, in the, in the things that we we shouldn't have been able to do that you've allowed us to do God and, and I pray that you continue to grow this story the story of our church that you're not done, that you are still moving, that you're still growing, God. And I pray that, that each person here, that we would all take that challenge of, of not just 
coming to church or just kind of doing this Christian thing, but like pressing in to really step into following you, to loving you, to being in community, to reflecting what you show us in scripture in our lives. God, bless this time together. We love you. It's your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand and join us as we continue in a time of worship. This last song we're singing today is called Still in Control, and it's a great song that reminds us that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you see or feel or are experiencing, that God is, is still there and still loves you. So let's sing together.